0: Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going?
1: Hi, Ellen. Um, It's good, as usual. Excellent. Excellent. As a matter of fact. Yeah,
0: we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Um, Today, we are having a free-for-all where we talk about whatever book we want, and we have you do the same. But first, mom... But first, what why are we so fantastic?
1: <laughs> we are fantastic. I had a grandbaby today. Yeah,
0: Ryan and Kristen, who, you know, <laughs> friends of the show, who have been up both on the show. Um, they just had their baby today. Like so
1: just like, like an hour ago.
0: Yeah. Just just as of recording this. So we're very excited. We don't have a name or anything yet, but we're um we're super excited to have new little niece and grandbaby. Um and then, per usual, what have you been reading and watching?
1: Well, what I've been weeding, reading, I'll talk about yes. momentarily. Yeah. So I won't go into that. But we watched. We're in the middle of the second season of Virgin River.
0: Yes, we are. We have two episodes left, so we're almost we're almost done. But we're still in in the midst of that. And what else have we been watching? We want. We mom started watching How I Met Your Mother, which yes. she's never seen before, um, and. Then we've been we've been watching the right
1: stuff on Disney Plus, dabbling in different things. Yeah, we kind, kind of
0: just been bouncing We haven't done around. any hard binges this week, I guess is Yeah. the way to say that. Um yes, I will also talk about what I've been reading because it's the only. Well, I also started a reread of um The Duke and I by Julia Quinn for, which is the first book in the Bridgerton series. Um I'm And I, I, because I was kind of going back and forth on whether I wanted to reread it before the series came out, um, and I decided, and I'm, I'm so far I'm glad. Maybe the series will come out and I'll be pissed that I, (laughs) that I read it. Know it
1: so well, (laughs)
0: but, um, (laughs) but it's kind of fun. And uh, now I'm kind of imagining the cast as the characters, which is kind of a different thing. So it does make it fun. Um, okay. Today we are doing another episode of what we call the free-for-all. How it works is that mom and I have both picked a book that we wanted to read. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about it. And we have also opened it up to you to send in your, what I call, book reports for a book that you have recently read. And uh, once again, you guys came through and we got a lot of you who sent in um, your book reports and we're just so excited to hear from you guys again And like last, if it's anything like last time, you know, expect for your TBRs to expand exponentially. (laughs) Your portfolio is about to burst at the seams. Um, First, I'm going to kick it over to Mom, who is going to tell us, Mom, what have you been reading?
1: Okay, I can talk about it now. Um, It's funny because I started out not going to do this this book or... It turned out I did two books for the, because for the, yeah. they're a series of two books. Um, but I started the first one, and then after I finished the first one, I was like, okay, I have to read the second one, so I guess this is what I'm doing for the <laughs> free for all. Um, but I started uh, Law of Moses by Amy Harmon, and my thought was, I'll read this book, and then I'll read something else for, because I. it seems like we've been harping on Amy Harmon quite a bit. Harping yeah. sounds mean. Um extolling her virtue (laughs) yes um but then once i read law moses i had to do song of david because they go together quite intricately i mean i i don't think you could read song of david very easily without having read the law of moses because Mm -hmm. they're very intertwined um however they were amazing books like super amazing and um, per usual with amy yeah Harmon. and freaking amy Harmon just knows how to reach into my heart and rip it apart um these books devastated me however they had heas and they were they were so good so good and um she has a way of writing. They are romance novels. They 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 focus on a romance. They have an HEA, but there's so it's against the backdrop of so much more story. They're just such rich books. And um you know the the first book llamas even has kind of a um what do I want to say? supernatural element to it and um they're just such so well written and just such good books. And, um, I sobbed like a baby in both of them. And what you cried in the Amy Harmon. Yeah, seriously. I mean, cause I was reading it in the wee hours of the morning and, you know, laying in bed next to my husband, trying not to go because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to wake him up. <laughs> so I was trying to cry, cry quietly, but, um, they're just so good, and um, she is just a phenomenal writer. I don't know if you want me to go into much about the storyline. This, per, I mean, based on what I've read about these books,
0: and this seems to be kind of be the case with a lot of her books, is she kind of, her, her back cover descriptions and her, like, pitches for the books are so vague, (laughs) and, like, you don't really know what you're getting yourself into when you start one of her books, and, and the thing with her is she, like, goes across genres, so you really don't know what right. you're going to get.
1: Well, I will start by saying The Law of Moses is about a baby was born in this small community in the middle of Utah, and um, he was left in a basket in a laundromat. And because he was left in a basket in the laundromat, when they found him, they named him Moses because Moses was also found in a basket, but mm-hmm. not in a laundromat. And... Um, Uh, and his mother ended up dying I mean they found out who the mother was she ended up overdosing she was like a druggie mom so they were worried that there was going to be something wrong with him or that he might have residual problems from having a A mom who was a druggie and um it turns out what he was able to do was to um like he would see dead people and he was this phenomenal artist so he would paint what he would see and um Anyway, so the story goes from there, and it's amazing. And um, then the second story, The Song of David, is about his best friend. And it starts out with them, like he's disappeared, and they don't know where he is. So the whole story is pretty much told from Moses' perspective trying to find him. But also he's left these cassette tapes for his girlfriend. And so it's this whole story of how they've fell in love and told through these cassette tapes but I don't want to say much more than that but just that Amy Harmon has this way of writing a romance where it's it's a completely different formula than what we're used to in other romance novels mm-hmm. and um which I've heard some people argue that she doesn't write romance and there's a
0: case to be made for that I mean they're not out and out romances I guess but there's
1: well there definitely a romance in all of them for the y- most part that yes. I've read and, um, I mean, if you're reading books for sex, you know, she, she, I don't want to say glosses over it, but cause really the sex scene in, um, I guess it was in the second one song, of David, I highlighted like the whole thing because it was so, it was written. So it's not describing the sex. It's describing their feelings mm-hmm. during the sex scene, which is to me, what is, what's the most important part of it. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, it was so well written and it was just amazing. And, uh, anyway, they were both extremely good and there's, I guess there's a, um, novella that goes with it too, about actually they, these two guys met in a psych ward. And so it's about their doctor who, um, uh, who treats them. And, um, Anyway, I will read the novella. I just didn't have a chance. And they were amazing. Yeah. Highly recommend. I will definitely. I'm kind of,
0: I just am working my way. <laughs> when I feel like I need a, I need a good, a good book. A book that I know is going to be good. That's when I. These are really good. Dip They're into not, the I, Amy Harmon
1: back catalog. And they can get a little angsty. And, you know, there's triggers. There's cancer in one of the books. So if you're dealing with that in your life, you probably don't mm-hmm. want to read Um So, you know, it's, you you need to, it's not necessarily a fun, lighthearted read.
0: All of her books are pretty angsty from what I've observed.
1: But gosh, they're so well written. But
0: the thing with her books is they're, they're not angsty to be angsty. Right. It's like they're angsty in a way that is usually relevant and prevalent in the story. And so.
1: But I just thoroughly enjoyed them both and just highly recommend them.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. I'm definitely going to check those out and, uh, maybe some of you will too. Uh, okay. Now we're going to start hearing, we'll, we'll hear from me later. You guys hear enough from me, so we can, we can wait for a little bit. Um, but first we're going to hear from Shannon about what she has been reading lately.
2: Hello, Ellen, Julie, and the rest of the Noyomo's. The book I have chosen for this free-for-all is my favorite historical Christmas novel, A Wildflower Christmas by Lisa Kleypas. I read read this book every year, and sometimes more than once. It has everything that I love, a bad boy turned good, a heroine that doesn't quite fit in, she has brains and wit, expresses her opinion, there's some historical hand-holding scenes, as well as some steamy sex scenes all done within a grand English countryside estate during the Christmas season, with lots of festivities to add to the backstory of a wonderful holiday historical romance. So in this book, we revisit our beloved wallflowers, and it's just been a few months after the end of the last book of the the wallflower series. All the wallflowers are living their heavily ever afters, or are they? The ladies still remain the best of friends and are preparing for the Christmas season. Lillian and Daisy, his older brother Rafe, is arriving to London to begin a courtship with Natalie Blanford, the daughter of Lord and Lady Blanford. uh, Rafe is the eldest son of Mr. Bowman and has always had a difficult relationship with his father, but with the hopes to obtain the reins of the family business on the continent, Rafe is looking to please his father by marrying a lovely English lady who will bring some prestige to the working class family name. Natalie Blanford is the belle of the season, and she can have her choice of any suitor she wishes, but her parents are pushing for a marriage with Rafe Bowman to bring in so much needed money into the family and are willing to overlook the step down in London society with the promised fortune that um, this union will bring. Natalie's cousin, however, is against the match. Hannah is Natalie's poorer cousin and has been taken into the Blanford household to act as Natalie's companion, but Hannah has heard many things about Rafe Bowman and believes that he is not suitable for her lovely cousin and that her cousin should be looking for someone who's more suitable to her. Now, Lillian and Daisy come up with the idea that they should have Hannah over for tea to find out a little bit more about Natalie in the helps of helping Rafe in his courtship with Miss Blanchford. But from the moment that Hannah and Rafe meet all Rafe can do is irk and tease the very enticing Hannah. And all Hannah can think of is how much Rafe is not the man for Natalie. Rafe seems to fill in all the bad things that she's heard about him, him, and she is determined to keep Natalie from marrying this American. And the more that she voices her opinion, the more that Rafe is determined to show her that she is just how right she is. Rafe and Natalie meet while attending the Christmas festivities at the Cliffs estate, and all appearances look towards an impending marriage, except race attraction to Hannah. And could it be that Hannah is developing feelings for her cousin's soon to be fi- fiance as well? The story has just the right amount of everything I love about historicals angst, longing, passion, witty banner, and Christmas. I love, love, love this book. Give it a read if you're a fan of historical romances or just a, of any romance at Christmas time. That's it, that's my pick. Can't wait to hear everyone else's and add to my TBR list. Take care, stay safe everybody, and happy holidays Yo-Yo Mo's.
3: Alright,
0: thank you for that, Shannon. Um, I have read that. It's been a long
1: time. I don't know if I have. I thought I'd read all the books in that series, but that doesn't sound
3: familiar to me. Yeah,
0: I I mean, so I first read the Wallflower series like when I was first starting to read romance. Um, so I know that I, I read that back back then, but it's been a while. So maybe maybe it's due for a reread because, um, first of all, if you haven't read the Wallflower series,
1: like, yeah, that's... Do it now. Like, yeah, go check that out. That,
0: <laughs> that is a must, uh, must read for especially historical romance fans because it's classic. Well, and it's
1: got, like, tendrils that go into all kinds of other series and yeah. things, so... um,
0: So, again, that was Shannon with A Wallflower Christmas by Lisa Kleypis. Um, and yeah, I, I will echo that and definitely say, check that out and check out the full series. Um, next we have Sarah L with, um, her pick for the free-for-all. So let's hear from her. Hi,
4: Noyomos. It's Sarah. Uh, for the most part, I've been reading from the upcoming schedule because all my library holds never fail to come in all at once, but I did manage to fit in a title from my ever-growing TBR list. I finally read Simone St. James's latest book, The Sundown Motel, and I absolutely loved it. It's part murder mystery, part ghost story with a little bit of romance mixed in. Um, it's dual viewpoints and a dual v- timeline, one taking place in the 1980s and another taking place in the present. I love the characters and the setting is the perfect spooky backdrop to the story. Um, this one had me staying up reading until 4am. I couldn't put it down. Uh, if this sounds like your cup of tea, I also highly recommend, um, Simone St. James's other books. Most take place in the 1920s and are wonderfully spooky and full of mystery and a dash of romance. Um, yeah. So I can't wait to hear everyone else's recommendations. Bye. Thank you for that, Sarah. You know who
0: that sounds up the alley of <laughs> is
1: mom. It does sound like it's up my alley, which sounds painful. But um, yeah, it sounds like my catnip right there. Yeah, so. A
0: historical spooky murder mystery with romance thrown in? What?
1: Well, and what I'm excited about is that I'm finding out about all these books just before we have our little Christmas break. And it's like, yeah. OK, I can read that one during break. I can read that <laughs> one during break. I can read that one during break.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: so you guys are really going to do us dirty this time. <laughs> Um, so again, that was Sarah L. with The Sundown Motel by Simone St. James, an author that uh, I've heard of, but I have not read. And, and that, that intrigues me, I will
1: say. Yeah, I'm intrigued on many levels yeah. with those.
0: Uh, all right. So thanks for that, Sarah. Next, we have Raquel with her recommendation for our, for our Christmas reading list, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Apparently that's what this is.
5: Hi, Ellen. Hi, Noyomos. I'm Raquel, and my free-for-all book report is about the Reindeer Fall series from Jaina Austin. First, I must confess that I was in a bit of a reading slump, or more like a life slump. I was even mocking Christmas movies instead of just embracing them for the magical craziness that they are. That said, I was very fortunate to stumble upon the cover of The Boss Who Stole Christmas. And when I saw that it was a novella, I said... Heck, why not? A quick read for the book report. And boy, was I glad to be introduced to the quirky small town of Reindeer Falls, where, you've guessed it, everyone's super obsessed with Christmas. This series was released in 2019 and consists of three novellas, each following one of the Winter Sisters. No kidding, that's that's their last name. Book one is about Holly, the middle sister who works at a local toy company and is in serious denial about her crush with her hot boss, Nick St. Croix, a grumpy and grinchy hero. There's a work trip to Europe right before Christmas and this hilarious advent calendar. This novella is Christmas love perfection. Imagine a high-quality, Hallmark Christmas movie that doesn't fade to black and has some top-notch sexy scenes. I can't believe I just said that out loud and my sister might be listening to this. My favorite was book two about Ginger, yes, that's her name, and Keller. Both are competing in a Food Network show and the book is aptly called If You Give a Jerk a Gingerbread. This one is super sweet and in my opinion has the spooniest hero, British accent included. Book number three. The one-night stand before Christmas is probably the hottest, and Santa Claus is involved. Not a thing I thought I'd ever say or be into. Uh, what can you s- expect of these books? Um, Insta-love, of course. Some insta-lust. Quirky small town. Like, seriously, there must be other reindeer fall residents in need of their own novellas. Tons of Christmassy stuff and some witty writing. Prior to this series, I had only read another book by Jaina Austin called Wrong, and I had some issues with the story. Jaina is definitely a skilled writer, and I read more of her work. That's it. I hope I still got this on time. Have a great holiday season, Noyomos. This book club has been one of the best things of this year for me
0: thank you for that, Raquel. um, So Sarah gave the book that's up mom's alley. You know who's alley that sounds up?
1: (laughs) This girl right here. Um, You had her at Santa Claus Erotica. (laughs) She
0: didn't necessarily say it was Santa Claus Erotica.
1: Um, No, that sounds utterly delightful. And it does. And yes, totally up my alley. And can we reiterate it's not jane austen because when she yeah. first said it, i was like i did not know jane austen
0: jana <laughs> so, yeah so that was raquel with the Reind- reindeer Falls series by jana Aston. okay um and yeah that sounded um utterly delightful and I, honestly i've been like kind of looking for some Christmassy reads uh to read during the break and they're novellas
1: so if you're trying to get those books read for
0: your goodreads you challenge. Know, challenge yeah it's true those novellas they, they really <laughs> bump that up quick um, so thanks for that, Raquel, and thank you for your kind words about the, the group and you know, the podcast, etc. Um, okay, next we have Natalie with what she is, has been reading.
6: Hi, Ellen and Mom, it's Natalie, and I'd like to talk about two books I recently finished, Her Halloween Treat and Her Naughty Holiday, both by Tiffany Rice. These are the first two books in her Men at Work trilogy and the first takes place over Halloween, obviously, and the second over Thanksgiving. There's also a third one that takes place in December. Rice describes the series as being inspired by the men and women in our lives who paint our houses, build our decks, landscape our lawns, and generally make our neighborhoods nicer places to live. In her Halloween treat, Joey Silva is on her way to her family's old cabin for her brother's wedding when she finds out her boyfriend is secretly married. Yikes. However, when she arrives at the now beautifully refurbished cabin, she finds a hunky handyman who just happens to be her brother's best friend from high school, Chris Stephenson. He's grown up quite a bit and she thinks he could be her perfect rebound, but he might have other ideas. In her naughty holiday, we meet Clover Green the owner of a successful plant nursery. Clover is not looking forward to another Thanksgiving of her family's passive-aggressive jibes about her lack of partner or children. Enter handsome carpenter and single father of her favorite employee, Eric Fields. Forced together by his daughter's scheming, Clover asks Eric to be her fake boyfriend for the holiday, except things get a lot less fake pretty darn quickly. I'll start out by saying that I was surprised by how much I love these books and it's because I think I was being a snob. They're both Harlequin romances which I've never read before but I was wrong to dismiss them because they really pack a punch. I was also pr- surprised I love them so much because there's usually a specific plot to sex ratio that I prefer and I usually prefer the sex to happen later on in the book because I love to see the relationship develop. In both of these books these folks get it on early and they get it on often, and yet I didn't mind. I think it's a great compliment to the extremely skillful writing by Rise. Even though the books are relatively short, the characters feel round and developed, and they also feel like people I'd want to hang out with. First prize for funniest side character definitely goes to Eric's teenage daughter, Ruthie, who is full of attitude and hilarity. The dialogue is real and funny, and I have a soft spot for the setting, as each of these books takes takes place in my home state of Oregon in the gorgeous Mount Hood National Forest, which, yes, is just as beautiful as described. These books surpassed my expectations, and maybe that's because I started out as a bit of a snob. Oops. But I highly recommend them to anyone who's looking for a fun, not Christmas holiday-themed read or... Let's be honest, a fun any time of the year read.
0: Thank you for that, Natalie. Um, Natalie, you had me at Men at Work, and then you really had me at Brother's Best
1: Friend. Yeah, so. that's all Ellen's catnip. <laughs> yeah,
0: you guys are just really hitting all the
7: buttons today.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, those sound great. And to be honest, I don't think I've ever read a Harlequin either, like a straight Harlequin brand books. I
1: know I never have. We used to have a a friend who wrote them, but that's like when I was in high school.
0: Oh. Um so thanks for that. That was again Natalie with her Halloween treat and her naughty holiday by Tiffany Rice. Um next we are going to hear from Miriam as to what she has been reading lately.
8: Hi, this is Miriam. So I don't know if you guys have come across Vary, that's M-H-A-I-R-I, McFarlane before. I suppose she's more chiclet than romance, and um, I hope that's okay. I read my, my first of hers, Don't You Forget About Me, early last year and pretty much bought and read the rest of hers within the space of a week. Who's That Girl seems to be a favourite and I love that too, but mine is her most recent one, If I Never Met You, which I reread again this week. It's my go-to recommendation for anyone who enjoyed The Flatshare and I've gone back to it a few times when I want to read something to make me happy. Her books are mainly set in English cities other than London, which is a change as most English romance or chiclet I've read would be either set in London or some kind of cutesy little village. Her heroines are for the most part down to earth, funny and capable, even if like anyone they will make some questionable decisions along the way. So, quick summary. At the beginning of the book, Laurie is going out with Dan, has been since Fresh's week in college, so basically half her life. They also work in the same law firm. Out of the blue, he dumps her and she's untethered, doesn't know where she's going, whether she wants him back or wants to make him suffer. One evening she, wait for it, is stuck in the lift with Jamie, a younger colleague who has a bit of a reputation. After they are rescued and they've had a few drinks, he suggests, I'm sure you've never heard this one before, he suggests that they should fake a relationship. He has his reasons. I won't go into that. Um, look, there are some points where you suspend your, you have to suspend your disbelief and I'm okay with that. But maybe along the way they might fall in love. I'll admit that when I go back to reread this, I generally do not start at page one. I go back to the scene in the lift But the first section is important too. I think that having a real sense of her previous relationship gives you an understanding of her state of mind on bumping into Jamie and why she'd go for the fake relationship. The relationship with Dan feels very real and very lived in with in jokes but cracks beneath the surface and as it turns out more than she knew but despite being introduced to Jamie in the first few pages everything does kick off with the lift scene so I can understand some people being impatient as to why it takes so long to get there, but then it's worth it, I promise. While the scenarios are familiar, Farry McFarlane never takes the easy route. There's baggage on both sides, so it's not all bright and breezy, but the growing friendship, and then more, between the two is really engaging, and I cared so much about what was going to happen. There's some uh, well-fleshed-out side characters, particularly his parents and her best friend, I'll be honest, you're not going to be coming to this book, or if I think about it, probably not any of her books for sex scenes, but I hope that wouldn't put you off. I just love the banter, the build-up, the tension and the happy feelings it gives me. Anyway, I hope you'll check her out. Um, really enjoying the podcast, I have loads of things to check out now myself, um, whenever our library opens up again, I'll be broke if I uh, if I buy everything that's on my list. But um, looking forward to hearing everybody else's recommendations too.
0: Thank you for that, Miriam. Um, I could listen to you, like, I'd much rather listen
1: to you talk with your cute accent than us any day. Yeah. So. That is the most adorable thing ever. <laughs> and I just had a grandbaby. Which so <laughs> I know that
0: sounds super condescending, but your accent is so adorable. <laughs> um, no, thanks for that, Miriam. And um, yeah, new to me author and sounds
1: also. All those things that we love banter yeah, yeah. and trapped in a lift, yes. and
0: uh, fake romance, and all just all the of fact those. that she calls it a lift so yeah, cute, so cute. <laughs> and we'll stop, we'll stop condescending. To you <laughs> um, so again, that was Miriam with If I Never Met You by Mary McFarlane. I hope I said her first. Is there name a question correct? mark at the end of her name? Well, <laughs> yes, she's like the artist formerly known as question mark. <laughs> Um. Okay, next we have uh, Catherine with her pick for the free-for-all.
3: The Trouble with Hating You by Sajani Patel is a contemporary romance that came out this past May. It's about Leah and Jay, and like so many romance characters before them, their meet-cute is not so cute. It involves a setup gone wrong, physically crashing into each other, and hurt feelings all around. Then she finds out that he's the lawyer who's tasked with saving her struggling company, where she was just promoted as a biomedical engineer. Leah struggles with any interest from men because she has a poor reputation in their community and assumes that any guy into her has just heard rumors that she's promiscuous and that's the only reason for his interest. And people have given her a reason to believe that in the past. She and Jay become just friends, and the way their relationship evolves is really nice. I love the Houston setting and her strong relationships with her girlfriends. Towards the end of the book, there's an Indian wedding, which is cool too. The best thread, in my opinion, is that Jay's sister-in-law is pregnant and has a baby through the course of the book, and I just loved all of Jay's future uncle slash new uncle vibes throughout the book and Leah's support of him in the family. The one thing i didn't like is the amount of money she spends on clothes while still considering herself to be frugal while i get that there must be someone buying expensive clothes for all these brands to stay in business um i have no other proof that regular people do that in real life and i'm making the book sound lighter than it is it does deal with some tough subjects and the author's note in the beginning prepares you for that i liked this book even though I had to read it from my phone, because my library doesn't have a Kindle version, Um, which means that it was really good because I don't like reading from my phone. Also, as a Texan, I love a good Texas book, especially ones like this that show sides of Texas that aren't always depicted in the media. And reading some of the reviews of this book, Leah is a very polarizing character, and readers either love her or hate her, which is kind of funny because that's how the characters respond to her in the book as well. So that's an interesting parallel. I'd recommend The Trouble with Hating You by Sajani Patel for readers who like contemporary romance, fiery heroines with a heart of gold, Indian and Hindu characters in complicated and loving families as well as eating Tex-Mex on your office floor. Like to be clear the floor is the seat, not the plate. I really hope that I have more space in my library holds before this episode comes out because I'm so excited to hear what everyone read and definitely read it myself as well. Y'all take care.
0: Thank you for that, Catherine. And thank you for that clarification <laughs> uh, on, eating, in, on eating food Tex-Mex off the floor, um, on the floor. In a, c- in a seated position. I, I get it.
1: Um, However, I I think I would even eat Tex-Mex off the floor, <laughs> depending depends, on the Tex-Mex. Yeah, depends on the on the level of Tex-Mex. Um, because there's What's some it? pretty damn good Tex-Mex out there. in Austin. Is that where we went to and had the the queso and the yeah? Yes, that yes, was oh, really good. Gosh, oh, yeah, that's what I miss the most about
0: living in Texas is the food. <laughs> um, so that was Catherine with the trouble with hating you by Sanji Patel um yeah sounds sounds good and I also enjoy uh depictions of Texas outside of outside of the norm um being Texas born myself
1: you were born in Texas I I keep forgetting about that I was even there
0: (laughs) you you were supposedly (laughs) um so thanks for that Catherine um so now it's my turn to talk about what I read um and uh it's kind of been,
9: uh,
0: so I can't think of the word. It's been somewhat mentioned already, but I read The Switch by Beth O'Leary, um, who has previously written The Flat Share, which Miriam mentioned in her review. And then there's someone else who also mentions this book later on. Um, and we awarded Flat Share the best of the year last year. So my hopes were high, and I'm going to say that they were met. I loved this book. It's if you're looking for like a nice cozy book during the holidays that's not Christmas based <laughs> um then I think this is a great choice because it's just a very little sweet heartwarming book. Um don't give any spoilers
1: because I'm reading it myself right now. Mom
0: is reading it right now. Um And I will also say this one also verges more kind of women's fiction. It's kind of, it's similar to Flatshare where it reads more like women's fiction, but there's still a lot of romance. In fact, there's maybe two romances in this book. So this book has a plot very similar to the movie, The Holiday. The Switch is about Lena and her grandmother, Eileen. Lena has been put on sabbatical from work for two months and Eileen is single again at 79 and both are still recovering from the loss of Lena's sister. Um... They're both kind of needing a new perspective and a break and they decide to switch lives. So be it. Uh, With Lena moving into Eileen's sleepy village in the countryside and Eileen moving into Lena's London loft. Uh, Lena is now dealing with village council meetings and small town gossip and Eileen is thrust into online dating and neighbors who don't speak to each other. So very different from her village. Um, This book is just, I found it utterly charming. I liked Lena a lot, but I loved Eileen, the 79-year-old grandma. She's just so sweet and feisty, and I need an Eileen who wingmans for me at the library. Um, it's a great scene. And if you ever thought that you just want to go and move to a small village in the English countryside like me, then this will just further that desire. Um, also, sometimes you encounter a romantic hero who you read about him and he's just like so completely up your alley. Um, and this book has one of those romantic heroes for me (laughs) where I'm like, oh man, he is just so on point my type that it's dumb. Um, and I don't even think of myself as having a type, but I'm like, yeah, he would do it for me, uh, solidly. (laughs) Um, so I just love this book. I thought it was really cute. And yeah, Beth O'Leary is just delivering across the board.
1: Well, I'm not 79, but anytime I try to wingman for you, you get mad at me. So you're not as charming
0: about it um, as Eileen is. And I'm not going to bother to edit out all these text messages that are coming in from my family because we're getting a lot of texts about about baby. We're getting baby pictures, which is... Yeah, Lovely. and it's going to be impossible for me to edit out those texts. <laughs> so just beeps. ignore the dings. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, with that, that was my book. I recommend. It was thoroughly enjoyable. So next we're going to hear from Carla about what she read for the free-for-all.
10: Hi, Ellen. Hi, Mom. Hi, everyone in the book club and listening to the podcast. My name is Carla, and I'm going to briefly talk about engagement and espionage by Penny Reed. In case you didn't know, this is a spin-off series from the Winstons Brothers and it focuses on Cletus and Jen solving mysteries. This first book picks up a couple of months after Beard Science and it's full of chicken puns, fun sexy times and unexpected twists. I really loved it because it shows what happens after the happy ending. Usually, we are left to wonder what happens next how the new couples interact how they keep up the romance and this book shows the struggles that they have how they work through busy schedules how they interact with each other's families and it's a really really honest approach on how they deal with their own insecurities how they have their first fights and how they try to reconnect when there's a lot of things going on. I highly recommend this book because it is a blast. It's fun to read from start to finish and you want to keep knowing what's going to happen with them, what other crimes they're going to solve in the Green Valley, and you see how they interact with other characters. and. I think that Cletus and Jen are the best of the Winston series. So if you do agree with me, or maybe if you don't, I still encourage you to find this book, read it, comment it, and share it with someone you love.
0: Thank you for that, Carla. Um, we do
1: agree. <laughs> we do agree. We um, I loved too just seeing everybody like after the H E A and getting to see, you know, Cletus and Jen trying to muddle through life.
0: Yeah. Um, and we also agree that Cletus and Jen are our favorites of, yes. of the Winston brothers series. So just getting more Cletus and Jen is always a slam dunk for us yes. to be sure. Definitely. Um, all right. So that was Carla with engagement and espionage by Penny Reed. We also have an episode about about that book, and that is the book that Chris Brinkley... That's the episode that Chris Brinkley is also on. Oh, that's on. right. Um, so, if you have not listened, I, I definitely... Not for us, but for Chris Brinkley, go listen to that episode, because it's it was a good time. Um, next, we have a, a three-for-one. We have Jessica, Jason, and Megan uh, talking about what they have been reading together. Cause
1: they do that, which I love, and it's so fun. Uh, So let's hear from them. But they're not together together, like they're not in the same room together.
0: No, but they read it at the same time.
1: COVID, and And I don't want to. (laughs) I don't want to encourage people to do things. They're not socially
0: distanced reading together. (laughs) Um, So let's hear from them.
9: Hi, Ellen and Mom. It's uh, Jessica, Jason, and Megan, and we are here to talk about *The Duke* by Kerrigan Byrne. It is the fourth book in her Victorian Rebel series. And um, last time we did a free for all, it was Jason's pick. And this time it was my pick because I am slowly working my way through the Victorian Rebel series and I was up to book four. So Megan and Jason had recommended the series to me. So I think they felt like they had to let us pick this book this time. So um, I'm gonna start and then I'll pass it off to Jason and Megan. Um, I, I really liked the book. I gave it a four star on Goodreads. Um, I really liked Imogen a lot. I think she was a very strong character. I always agreed with her motivations for things. I never was shouting at my book saying like, why are you doing this? Or why aren't you communicating with him? Whenever she was making you know communication decisions, it always made sense to me why she would make that choice. So um, I really liked her. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more about how the main char- male character was kind of a jerk for most of the book, but I'm gonna let Jason talk about that because he has big feelings. And um, and then uh, there was a really the one there's a mystery to it, and I won't obviously spoil the mystery, but I want to say that I did have it narrowed down to two culprits, but I was not a hundred percent sure which of the two it was until the book told me who it was. So I always think that's a good mystery if, if I'm not totally given away right from beginning. I
11: Megan. will add to that, Jessica, this is Megan, that I read the book this year, but you you guys know I forget everything as soon as I read it. I read it at the beginning of the year. Granted, I've, I've read like 400 books since then, but... I couldn't remember either who it was, and I've read the book before. I knew it was one of the two, and I couldn't remember until it happened either. Yeah. So I think so that's-
9: that's, yeah, that's a good mystery. So overall, I really liked the book. Um, uh, at the very end, when of course the conflict is resolved, the hero tells her why he behaved the way he did in the conflict, and I, I think you know a lot of books have good grovels, and I wouldn't say this book has a good grovel, but even when we get grovels, we don't often get the why they behaved the way they did. So it was kind of nice to get him, you know, why he behaved that way.
12: So anyway, I'm gonna give it to Jason next. Okay. Well, see, I loved Imogen as well. And I gave this book four stars basically because Cole now I moved him from dick to asshole because of his torture, you know, he would be in broken and all. I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt on that. And the fact that he does eventually tell her that hey I wanted you to be wanting me as you know mythically, but he is never a nice dude ever to her and it's like there's this, there's one scene that's borderline rapey that's kind of like he's so angry he just takes her and so it would have been a, if he had just been a bad guy I would have gave it five stars <laughs> but he's <laughs> such an asshole that I couldn't but I loved her and I mean, the book is very well written, and it's it's good. And the mystery, because I remembered who it was, and was trying when I read it the second time, was trying to figure out did I miss something that would have told me? And I never did find anything that would have said ah, I should have known right then. So I agree. I thought the mystery was good in this book. It ended a little quick. I thought they, but they had to wrap it up. So yeah, I would have liked an epilogue. On this one, I think.
11: Yeah, this is the first one in the series that doesn't have an epilogue because to refresh myself, I read the epilogues in the other books and then this book didn't have an epilogue.
9: That was smart to just read the epilogues. Yeah, You're I had, had to a read books,
11: but I got stuck in Ice Planet,
9: so I didn't. <laughs> Okay, Megan, I know you want to share some passages you loved.
11: Yeah, I, um, like you guys, I four-starred this book. It was the other three books in the series. I had five-starred, and it's a lot like with Cressley Cole, like even a bad Cressley Cole or a bad Carrigan bird is still 4 star. It's not bad. It's still great. It's just the other ones are so awesome that, like, when you hold it up. You can only give it four stars compared to the other books. So um, there were a couple of things that I thought were really, like, stand out to me. And and I wanted to – I had highlighted them the first time and uh, the second time I agreed with my original highlights. So uh, here we go. This is about halfway through the book. And the – Most of the book, they're really battling between the hero and the heroine over her, like, charity work, and he just thinks it's ridiculous and that she shouldn't be trying to help people get out of the gutter, ironically, because he's searching for the prostitute he fell in love with, which, spoiler alert, is her, but she's not really a prostitute. And uh, so he's a big old hypocrite. And, uh, so here's one of the things, um, that she says, which is in response to him and, um, him not thinking that she should be helping people that are less fortunate than her. And she basically thinks it's her duty as a woman with means to help other women and other people. So, and he does love when she gets fierce, even though she doesn't, he doesn't agree with her, which I do really like that. He like loves that aspect of her personality, but he doesn't like what she's actually doing. So. She balled her hand into a little fist, her expression turning fierce. You haven't any idea the strength it takes to be a woman. In my experience, it is men who are the weaker sex, either too undisciplined to control their baser primal instincts, or conversely, they are too fragile to endure the discomfort of honesty or integrity. Yet women endure and survive by whatever means we are able and we are still either property or playthings we have as much use in the eyes of the law as a cow or a fertile plot of land it is not wrong to mistreat us to objectify us to shame and demand things of us and bend us to your will that is your right as a man and our duty as a woman is it any wonder the world is in chaos and then it skips up a little bit and and he starts to speak and he says, you know what I think, he finally said, men are terrified that were they to hand over power to women, they'd be humiliated at what a, what a better job you do at everything. If you look at it, some of the most peaceful, prosperous times in our empire's history have been when great women occupied the throne. Elizabeth, for example, our own Victoria, of course. Not many men have ruled so wisely. And so I love that part because he's acknowledging, like, that it's not her as a woman, like, that he doesn't want to support. It's just her other things. So I, I well, really what like it really
9: comes that. down to is he's afraid she's going to get hurt, but he doesn't want to yeah. tell her.
11: Yeah, he yeah. can't, yeah. He can't yeah. process no emotions. He, he doesn't cannot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't do emotions. Emotions. Uh, even though he feels all the feels, but he doesn't really like to talk about them ever. So, uh, and then about, about 70% of the way through, um, after he defends her in a way that he thinks is going to really turn her off and she's going to get disgusted by the brutality of his, like he kills a bunch of guys who are trying to attack her and she, uh, she responds to him um, and it is pretty brutal. What he does is really brutal and he, he thinks she's going to be really afraid of him. She um, goes to like quiet him and and comfort him. And he's been through, he has basically PTSD. I think Jason said that. So, Um, she goes to him and she says, she cleared the fear out of her throat and pressed on. You can't presume to know the fate of your soul. That isn't for you to decide. All I know is that the blackest of hearts can find grace. You can't have fought with such ferocity. You can't have done what you did to survive and not believe that there's somewhere in your heart. Emboldened by his silence, she took a step forward, Towards him, gentling her voice a little, life with all its perils and torments still belongs to the living. We have a responsibility to live it. You should not waste it by giving over to bleak despair. So she's reminding him that that there is a reason that he escaped from his captors as a war criminal, or as a he wasn't a war criminal. He was a war prisoner. There's a reason that you you survived. You wanted to live, and there's a reason you were able to cut off your hand. Sorry, I'm just spoiling everything. To get out of prison, that's why you lost your hand, is because you wanted to live, and you, it's worth living, and you've just forgotten. And she just remembered. Well, you know,
12: when he kills those people, actually, he moved up in my book, because I thought oh, he Jason, yeah.
11: you
12: you're so bloodthirsty.
11: <laughs> I'm so bloodthirsty, too. I love it. Like, give me the heads of my enemies in a bag. Totally. Hey, that
12: was the greatest love scene ever when, you know, <laughs> different books.
11: <laughs> we, we all agree on that. We don't love the book. We all just, right, guys. We don't love that book we just yeah. love. The, the head, my enemies in a bag. Sorry, that's a yeah. uh, Immortals After Dark reference for you guys. Uh, if you haven't read that yet, read it all. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I. I didn't really like it. I think actually I liked it better this time because I knew that he was going to be a dick the whole time uh, and I wasn't one. like waiting for him to get better because I knew yeah. he was basically an alpha hole the whole
12: time. Yeah, the whole... Yeah.
9: <laughs> yeah, he goes in the alpha hole category for sure.
11: Yeah, I put him on, I have a lot of shelf categories on Goodreads as you guys know and uh... Uh, I've definitely added him to my thick-headed hero shelf for yeah. sure. Um, but awesome. I do really like this book, and I think it was better the second time. I need to like finish this series. I know Jason did. I gotta, I gotta get back on this train.
12: So. Morley's book's a little disappointing. Well, Still four stars.
11: <laughs> I am excited
9: to keep going in the series. This is my first time through, and so I appreciate that you guys recommended it, and I appreciate you reading this book with me for this week's free-for-all
11: and thanks Ellen and mom can we just add something for Ellen and mom since it's Thanksgiving week I just want to say uh, that I wanted to thank you guys so much for doing the podcast and creating the group online because as our little group project is showing uh, this is where I met Jason and Jessica and we talked pretty much every day we have our own little side group that we have going on and if it wasn't for you guys I wouldn't have Jason and Jessica and our little I'd rather be swooning group on the side you know we read at least two books a month that are the same book we started with Immortals After Dark and now we're going through Sarah McLean and then also like our free-for-alls and I just am so thankful that you guys created this space so that I can meet these great people. and among others too, you know we're doing our book swap, which is super fun and um, I just love our group and thank you so much. Yay oh
12: yeah, I'm sweet. I love. You. Right. Okay.
0: Well, that just warms my heart to yes. no end
1: tear tear
0: <laughs> no seriously that's really sweet and i love that you know i love our group too and i love that you guys are so close and i love that i feel like all of my friends are online friends now and um yeah I just, which isn't sad no not at all <laughs> it's, hey it's it's 2020 you know it's socially distanced friendships that's right um <laughs> Thank you, Jessica, Jason, and Megan, uh, and they just talked to you about The Duke by Kerrigan Byrne, and um, we have both read it. You guys are talking about it, and both of us were like, I know I've read this book, but I do not remember anything <laughs> about it. Um, I went on and read the description, and it's it's ringing a bell for me, um, and I remember this one not being my favorite in the series, but that series is, like, I think as close to perfect uh, it historical is a great series romance and series. kerrigan
1: burn is just she delivers all the time yeah um i would agree that the last book which i just read from the series i can't remember the name of the book because they switched the name on me like it was different yeah it's a weird thing well, anyway it's
0: the it's the other series it's not the same series no it's, it's no it's a different series
1: okay but it's the guy from this series
0: yeah they're tied together but yes. it's a different series
1: however um <laughs> Was not my most favorite, but still just such a fun read. That whole series is yeah. just a when, good time.
0: When, if people ask me for a historical romance series I or a recommendation, I always say Kerrigan Byrne because I think she's not as, like, widely read as, you know, your Sarah McLean's and your Tessa Dare's and your Julia Quinn's, but, um, but she, I think, is... She's a wordsmith. She's amazing, if not better than some of those. But she's she's very different from especially those three who are much more comedic. Um she's she's a little bit more angsty. Her books usually have some mystery elements to them, um, and things like that. But yeah, Kerrigan Byrne is, is great. Uh and and we love her books. Um so yeah, I will I will echo any and all Kerrigan Byrne recommendations. Um, okay, so next we have um Jess with her book that she read for the free for all so let's hear from Jess
7: hi, Ellen. Hi, Mom. It's Jess. I am calling to give my book report for a book I read or actually listened to for a romance book club that I'm a part of. uh The Bride by Julie Garwood. This is an old school romance that I think was first published back in nineteen eighty nine or nineteen ninety And I just thought it was a delightful, funny, feel-good, classic romance novel that I think really stands the test of time. Um, So the basic premise of the story is that it's the year 1100 or so, and Alec Kincaid, a Scottish laird, is ordered by the king to take an English bride. So he ends up marrying Jamie, who is the youngest daughter, um, actually stepdaughter, of Baron Jameson. And then the book is really then just about Alec and Jamie getting to know one another and falling in love. There's a little bit of intrigue. The book opens with Alec's uh, first wife having died, and the reader knows that she was murdered, but everyone else thinks she died by suicide. And then there are some mysterious incidents that happen once Jamie arrives in Scotland. Um, This plot, though, is not a huge part of the book, but it adds a little something, a little element of danger. Um, I think, though, the best thing about this book for me is that it was very low drama no real angst and it's really kind of perfect for anyone who just needs an escape during these tough times um oh and the banter there's banter for days between alec and jamie and i think one of the funniest things is that jamie speaks both english and gaelic um, but she doesn't tell alec that she speaks gaelic but he finds out anyway and so he has a little bit of fun with that um including how he first tells her that he loves her um which i think is one of the like classic moments in the book um there's also running jokes in the book about jamie being a boy's name and then there's plays on the misconceptions that the scots and the english have about each other including that the scots wear skirts not kilts um there's also some good steamy sexy times and um that were enjoyable to, to read or listen to. And I think, though, overall, what made this book really perfect for me was how much you get to know and love Alec and Jamie as characters. um, And really, that's that's the book. It's, it's such a really delightful, feel-good historical romance. And I would highly recommend it for anyone who would be uh, interested in reading something that will really take you... Oh, far away, back to medieval Scotland and England. All right, thanks. Bye.
0: Thanks for that, Jess. Um, that has long, 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 long been on my TBR because have I read a Julie Garwood? Um, it seems like we read a Julie Garwood. For we knew that sh- we did a Judith McNight. Sh- McNight. Uh, maybe we haven't. Um, but, I mean, because I know that that is on a lot of people's lists for being like one of the uh, classic go-to best romances of all time. Um, and so that's been on my list for a long time and I just keep not getting to it, but maybe I will because we're doing
1: our Christmas reading list right now. (laughs)
0: Like, like we've said, I'm just racking up all the books I'm going to read, um, during our break. Um, but yeah, that's, that sounds like a good book for all of us right now who, yeah, low angst, that seems to be what everybody's looking for Everyone right now. Everyone
1: wants no angst.
0: Yeah. Um, so that was Jess with The Bride by Julie Gartwood. Um, next, let's hear from Jen on what she read for the free-for-all.
13: Hi, Noyo Maz. It's Jen Sweet here. I'm going to be talking about the book The Modern Gentleman by Megan Quinn. I was originally going to discuss The Switch by Beth O'Leary, She's the author of The Flatshare, so I was really anticipating her second book because I love The Flatshare so much. I read it, and I really enjoyed it, but it's more women's fiction. So I switched over to The Modern Gentleman, which is just a pure rom-com. Megan Quinn is known for her light, funny low angst romantic comedies which I think we can all use a little of from time to time. So I'm going to read you the back cover description of the book just so you get an idea of the plot. Looking for a guide on how to be the perfect modern gentleman? You know, the guy who opens the front door for you but then slaps your ass as you pass just to let you know he's in charge. Wes Williams has the perfect guide for you but when he's forced to put the guide... To the test for his job, he realizes quite quickly that the girl he chose to make a move on is anything but normal when it comes to dating. Laugh-out-loud, funny, romantic comedy with a modern twist on how to lose a guy in 10 days. So there it is. Wes is our hero. He writes an advice column called The Modern Gentleman. He's a reformed frat boy. He turned himself into a gentleman. And he's trying to teach other guys he, with his advice column. Now his boss gives him the assignment to date a girl and then write columns about it so other guys can learn on his dating techniques. Uh, so it's kind of like the opposite of how to lose a guy in 10 days. June is our heroine. She's an aspiring Broadway actress uh, she's also doing many jobs to supplement her income including dog walking. She's very creative and feisty and she does not like cell phones and she, it's a uh, irritant of hers people seeing people being lost in their cell phones. She also does not like social media and she has a very soft heart. She's been hurt before and after she meets Wes, she's attracted to him, but she's wary of him because he's so perfectly polished and says all the right things. She's just very nervous that it's just an act and that he's not speaking his true feelings. So she really makes him earn a date. She really makes him run the gamut. She's She goes very slow with him. She doesn't even want to give him her number. And this gets Wes all flustered. He's never met a woman like this that wants to go so slow. And so it throws him off his game. So the results are quite funny. They eventually go on dates and they are hilarious. Um, Just the whole dating ritual and, and the actual dates are funny. It's just a really fun read it's also a really quick read i think it's just over 200 pages long so it's a quick funny read Uh, if you have any book challenges that you're trying to squeeze in books by the end of the year this is a good one it's a good fun one the audiobook is on hoopla so that's it that's my report on the modern gentleman i hope you enjoyed it
0: thank you for that jen um Color Me Intrigued. That one sounds good. It does sound fun. And, um, yeah, like we said, quick, quick reads are
1: (laughs) what we need this time of year.
0: Quick, non-angsty reads. (laughs) Um, so that was Jen with The Modern Gentleman by Megan Quinn. I've read two Megan, it was like a duet and I didn't like it too much just because, um, it's like the first book is she ends up with someone and then the second book is the same girl ends up with somebody else Ooh. so it was like the first the first book was like what the heck did i just read <laughs> um
1: but you can't um, do that in romance yeah what
0: and i know people like her so I, i'm willing to um to give her another go um so thanks for that jen next up we have oh and finally this is our last one we have cassie so let's hear from cassie on what she's been reading lately
14: Hi, everyone. This is Cassie. The book that I read for the free-for-all is Dark House by Karina Halley. It's part of a book series called the Experiment in Terror series. And I would describe it as a paranormal slash horror romance series. There were originally nine books and some novellas in the series. And then Karina Halley recently announced that she's releasing a tenth book in the series. It's coming out on December 11th. So I had originally just read this first book a couple years ago and I meant to read the rest of the series and I never got around to it. So when the new book was announced, I decided to reread this book and then read all the other books in the series for the first time. I am so far, I'm up to book seven in the series and I really like it. I think the series um, progressively gets better. It gets spookier. Um, The romance gets a lot more involved. This first one, this first book in the series really just kind of lays the groundwork for the rest of the series. Dex and Perry are the main characters. They decide to work together to create a ghost hunting TV show. So every book in the series, they travel to a new haunted location and they kind of snoop around and see ghosts and have a bunch of scary <laughs> experiences and they film it for a TV show. Perry has always had some kind of super supernatural connection to the other side. She sees ghosts. She's always been able to see ghosts even when she was a little kid and um they kind of use that to their advantage while they're investigating these things um so like i said it's a horror series it this first one is a little bit spooky um some of the later books in the series get quite scary and gory too there's some gore descriptions nothing major but um you know, if you're not into gore, you're, you really don't like to be scared at all. I wouldn't recommend this series, but um, I do think it's a nice balance of romance and horror. Um, Dex and Perry do not get together in the first book. They have other things going on. Dex has another girlfriend. Um, at the start of this series, so it's really a slow burn romance that you kind of invest in over the series. It is, I would describe it as new adult. Perry is 22 when the series starts, and it does have a lot of the angst that goes along with new adult books, um, which I I normally don't love new adult books, but I really feel like this one is written well. Perry is a really believable 22-year-old woman, and dex is a great hero he is very layered he's flawed he messes up he grovels um i think that they're a really great couple together and they're interesting to read and if you enjoy being scared here and there i would recommend this series i think it's really fun it was a great read i started it around halloween so it was great for the spooky season but i'm still enjoying it now And like I said, the new book is being released in December. So there's time to uh, get started on it. And I think that y'all had read The Swedish Prince by Karina Halley a while ago for the podcast and weren't really crazy about it. I will say, I think that this series is some of her best work. It's really well written. I think that the characters were very personal for the author, and she did a really great job developing them. Um, So if you were not a fan of some of Karina Haley's other books, her royal romances, some of the other romances that she's written, I would say give this a try because it's really well written. And um, if you don't mind being scared or you enjoy being scared, I would recommend this. It's a really unique series, and I've enjoyed it so far. Okay, thanks. Bye.
0: Thank you, Cassie. Um, that one definitely got mom's interest peaked. Um,
1: um, I'm all about the ghost hunting shows. Yes, mom loves her some ghost hunting shows. Um, <laughs> I'm and... not even positive I believe in ghosts. Yeah, but I just like, I don't know. Mom likes getting spooked. I do like getting spooked. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> well,
0: and and you like, I think you also get into, like, the history of ghost hunting. I do. And, and like, uh,
1: especially when they're telling you, like, background stories and yeah. things. And, like, this ghost they think is this person. I'm like, yes, tell me more about that. Yeah. So.
0: And you're right, Cassie. We, we did not love the Swedish prince. We did um, hate it.
1: There was just some...
0: There was just a lot of there was there I remember there being a lot of plot points that frustrated us. Yes,
1: that were like yes. this wouldn't happen kind yeah. of stuff.
0: Um but that being said, we're always willing to give people second chances. Yes. Yes. <laughs> to be sure. Um thank you guys so much because you guys make this episode work. And I'm glad that we still got a lot of, you know, submissions this time around as well. Um, and we just love to hear from you guys and like actually hear from you is so fun. Yes. Um, and hear everybody's cute accents and all that, you know. And some of you just talk like us. And and that's fine
1: too. (laughs) It's boring, but it's fine. (laughs) We get it. (laughs) Not everyone has a cute accent. (laughs) Um, so that was the free
0: for all. We had so much fun hearing from so many of you. We would love to hear from you on our facebook page our facebook group which we love so much and just getting to hang out with all of you and that is not your mom's facebook group our goodreads group our twitter and our instagram which are at not your mom's rom or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com so if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts or if you would like to just a book for us to read we'd love to hear from you on december 7th we will be discussing a Christmas book In a Holidays by Christina Lauren who's always been a pretty big success for us Um, remember you can subscribe on iTunes Google Play Stitcher Spotify and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them and we love all of you and uh, thank you for just really delivering on this episode and we'll see you next time bye bye Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more
4: outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.